Hello and welcome to Plan for Life with Canby Financial Advisors. I'm your host, Howard Kaplan. In these podcasts, you'll learn about various aspects of personal finance and investing from the advisors at Canby Financial Advisors, a financial planning firm located in Framingham, Massachusetts. Today's topic is helping your kids become smarter about money. Our guest, Joelle Spear, is a financial advisor and partner at Canby Financial Advisors. Joelle has been with the firm for seven years and has worked in the financial industry for more than two decades. She has an MBA in finance from Bentley University and is a certified financial planner professional. Welcome, Joelle, to Plan for Life. How are you doing? Thanks, Howard. It's great to be here today. Excellent. So let's start off by getting to the heart of the matter. Are children of this generation, do you think, less aware of money-related issues than children of past generations? And if so, why? That's a great question, Howard. Let's start with the landscape. The United States is one of the largest economies in the world. However, we aren't doing well in the area of financial literacy. The Standard & Poor's Global Financial Literacy Survey ranks the United States 14th when measuring the portion of adult population who are financially literate. The transition from paper-based to digital economy has taken away some of those tactile elements that reinforce the notions of spending and saving. People used to use physical money, both dollars and coins, and having this paper in hand or in the bank gave kids a more hands-on connection to money. They knew exactly how much they had, what they used, and how much they were saving. Many kids had a passbook savings account, so when they received gifts of money, they would take it to the bank get the book updated, and they could always see how much they had. They could take cash out of the bank, so they were always aware of that act of the transaction itself. Technology has essentially removed paper from the process. Most people do their banking online. Cash and checks have been replaced by debit cards and online payments through PayPal, Venmo, and other online platforms. If they work, they receive their payments through direct deposit. Many young adults don't even get checking accounts and never learn how to write checks. Many kids no longer experience money firsthand, and very few schools offer basic personal finance classes. It really becomes important for parents to help them understand not only how money works, but how to save it and invest money. So you're saying that parents really need to take on the role of financial educators? Absolutely, Howard. The transition from this paper and coin currency to online has made the concept of money more abstract. Without those day-to-day interactions, kids are not getting the hands-on experience that builds appreciation for money and what money can do. In this monetary vacuum, it's important for parents to step in and help them develop real values about money. Talking about your money values is going to give them a head start into good money habits. The lessons you learn in your youth will carry over into adulthood. It takes practice to have good money habits. Of course, what you teach a six-year-old about money is going to be far narrower in scope than what your teenager or college freshman would need to know. That's why it's important to gear the conversations around the interactions with money they're likely to have at different ages. 
Okay, so then let's spend some time discussing these age-appropriate financial learning opportunities, Joel. For example, what's the best way to discuss money with younger children and preteens? I would say we have to get kids interested in the topic of money early on. It's important to share your values with your child. Remember, we can start early, as young as three to four years old. So how would you go about getting started? First, I like to talk about the concepts of the three S's, spend, save, and share. Then you can share stories with your children how you spend, save, and share your money. There are lots of ways you can use the three S's depending on the age of the child. Younger children might find crafting their own piggy banks for each S a fun way to start. Let older children actually use the spend portion. They will learn that a small piggy bank buys small items while a filled piggy bank buys something special. Delayed gratification is a great money value to learn. So what about teenagers? They always seem to either be asking for money or complaining that they don't have enough. Howard, yes. The key to helping teens understand how to save and use money wisely is to move away from being that glorified ATM and instead get them used to managing a predictable supply of capital. That means either giving them an allowance or having them earn money on their own. Some families will choose to pay an allowance, other families will not. Whether you pay an allowance or not, and whether that allowance is tied to chores is completely up to you and your family. Every opportunity for teens to practice using money is a great educational opportunity The best way to learn about money is by using it. Consider rooster money or iAllowance apps for paying allowances to your children. Like we talked about earlier on this episode, the world has gone digital, so these apps work well for today's modern family. In some cases, your teen may not be happy with the amount of income they have right now. Perhaps you can help them start a mini business. Put flyers around your neighborhood with a list of chores like mowing yards, raking leaves, pet sitting, or babysitting, all great ways to raise money while helping neighbors at the same time. For children who are tweens and teens able to work, consider the fact that saving money is a habit. The best way to learn a habit is to start now. For example, do you save part of your paycheck? If so, what percent? Perhaps if you save 10% of your pay, teach your teen to save 10% of their paycheck when they land their first job. Teens can even take this one step further by creating a goal for something they want. Perhaps they want a new piece of sporting equipment. Help them save. Consider contributing to their goal if they hit certain milestones. By setting this goal, it will teach children to work hard to reach those goals. And I would imagine that at some point, kids have more money than their piggy banks can hold. That's right, Howard. They might start receiving checks or those $20 bills from relatives for birthdays, holidays. As soon as they've become good at reading and doing simple math, you can take your child to the bank and have them open up their own savings account. Though the interest isn't that great at this particular point in time, the concept of having your savings in a safe location is a good money value to teach. Every time they make a deposit, they can see how much their account has grown. They will also receive statements to watch the money grow as they work for more savings. And when they get older, they can use these accounts to send and receive money using apps like Venmo and Apple Pay. 
Yeah, Joel, you talked about savings accounts. What about checking accounts? Does anyone even write checks anymore? Believe it or not, in this digital age, there are still some situations where checks are used. For example, when your child goes to college and lives off campus, their landlord may only take cash or checks. That's why it's good to have them set up a checking account to complement their savings account and teach them the difference. A checking account is a transactional tool that will ebb and flow with your child's income and, as a result, does not receive interest. A savings account will help your child establish goals and understand the impact of compound interest. If you don't know how to teach the concept of compound interest, there are many great educational videos on YouTube. Compound interest will give your child incentives towards the habit of saving on a regular basis. Who doesn't like compound interest, Howard? So true. Now, Joelle, what is the first major long-term financial decision most children will have to deal with? The biggest decision comes when they start to get close to the end of high school, Howard, and the decision will be paying, not paying, or whether they're going to go or not go to college. Everything that we've talked about so far lays the groundwork for this first major decision. If they don't go to college, what kind of job can they expect? And will it pay them enough to live on their own? If they want to go to college and mom and dad can't afford to pay for everything on their own, how do they figure out which of their top school choices is going to offer the best financial aid package? We've talked about sharing your money values early and often with your children. We've talked about providing opportunities for children to learn the habit of savings. Well, you'll be proud of your teenager that saves money from work to buy a new bicycle. You'll be even prouder of your 18-year-old that says, Mom and Dad, I'm thinking about going to college. Do I have any monetary limitations in what school I select? Now, we've talked about savings so far. What about investing? We've heard a lot about teenagers getting addicted to day trading apps like Robinhood and losing money. How do you change this mindset? Howard, that's a great question. We have to start by enforcing the idea that investing is a long-term venture. It takes time to work. We have to teach children the difference between investing, which is about allocating money among stocks, bonds, and cash to achieve a specific goal, versus day trading, which is speculating. We should try to convince children to ditch Robinhood and instead open an account with a respectable online broker. A minor Roth IRA could be a great place to start. As a parent, you can open one on their behalf and they can contribute money from their job to help save for retirement. The money will grow tax-free for retirement. It's a great way to teach your child how to save and to encourage them to put money into an IRA, you could offer to match a certain percentage of their contributions, which can help them understand the benefit of participating in a workplace plan later on in life, such as a 401k or 403b when they enter the workforce, because many employers offer that same match that you might offer your child in a minor Roth account. Most IRA accounts offer access to educational tools and research that can help younger people learn more about different asset classes. Most also offer online planning tools that can help them determine an appropriate mix of investments to achieve a particular goal. Of course, if you work with Canby Financial, we're happy to talk to your child as well. If the teen still wants to trade stocks, maybe allow them to use a small percentage of the money in their Roth IRA to buy those stocks that interest them. That way, when they buy low and sell high, they won't have to pay taxes on the profits. But as a parent, 
I will remind you that monitoring their accounts to make sure they're not making risky decisions is a good opportunity to continue to have them learn about investing. Joelle, what are some good resources to help kids of all ages learn more about personal finance and investing? Great question, Howard. Let's start for children under 10. The World of Sense app has modules built in for different age ranges. For example, for ages five to six, children can build their own rocket ship or perhaps a playground. They will learn that there are maintenance costs to keep what they build running. Coolmath.com is a great website for games. I might suggest you try the lemonade stand game. Children can pick how many days to run the lemonade stand, what supplies to buy, and more. They might learn along the way that buying 100 cups is a cheaper per unit cost than buying 25 cups. This starts the path of making sound financial decisions. The Bankaroo app is a virtual app for kids. It teaches them to manage savings. You can log money, spend it, and track your spends. Parents can even match their savings, encouraging the behavior of saving along the way. The Busy Kid app helps children who are doing chores. You set the chores, then as the children complete their chores, their allowance is deposited. They can donate to charity, invest in stocks, and spend. For older kids, the Go Henry app enables you to fund a debit card for your child. You can set a weekly allowance. You get to control how much is transferred and how much they can spend all while receiving notifications along the way of where your child is spending money. These are all great suggestions. Do you have any last thoughts on the importance of helping your kids become smarter about money? Howard, yes, we've talked about a lot today. Teaching good money habits will help children make better decisions down the road. Every day, there are ways to involve your children with financial decisions. Look for ways to involve math and money in your everyday life. For example, kids might love to add the tip at a restaurant. This will give parents a great opportunity to explain wage earners versus salary earners. Here is where technology can be useful as well. There are many easy-to-use apps that guide children. The key to using these resources is to do it together as a family. By working together, you'll pass on your money values to your children. They'll learn along the way, and of course, they will make some mistakes. Let's help them learn from those mistakes. It's great to learn from a mistake with $20. So later in life, as a young adult, when there are more zeros involved, they don't make mistakes with thousands of dollars. When you open the door to a conversation about money and sharing your values, you're on your way to successfully taking on the role as your child's financial educator. Well, we've reached the end of this episode. We hope it offered useful ideas you can use to help your kids become smarter about money. I'd like to thank my guest, Joelle Spear, and all of you out there listening. If you have any comments or questions, please contact Canby Financial Advisors at info at canbyfinancial.com. That's info at canbyfinancial.com. I'm your host, Howard Kaplan. Take care and stay safe. Plan for Life with Canby Financial Advisors is a production of Canby Financial Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. It is provided for general information purposes only and should not be interpreted as personalized financial advice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Canby Financial Advisors, 161 Worcester Road, Framingham, Mass. 01701. Visit our website at canbyfinancial.com. 
Securities and advisory services are offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, a registered investment advisor and member of FINRA and the SIPC. Financial planning services offered through Canby Financial Advisors are separate and unrelated to Commonwealth.